All right, at this time, we're going to invite our children to come forward for the children's message. Come on up here. We got lots to do. Church isn't over yet. We're going to get to some preaching here in a minute, all right? So I want you guys to come up here. Come on up here. If there are children in this crowd, you can come up. If you're a child at heart, you can sit on the edge. If you want to come up here, is that everybody that wants to be here? And baby dolls are welcome too. All right. Yes, come on up. Is this ever this is everybody. So, wasn't that music amazing? You know, one thing that I love about Christmas is is how Jesus taught us in his word that he's a shepherd because you know there were some shepherds that got a visit from angels, right? And then they came and saw Jesus in the manger. You know that Jesus says that he's a shepherd. You know, I thought that it would be really cool for me to kind of be a shepherd today um, to give you an example of how Jesus is a shepherd. Do you guys know what this thing is? A shepherd's staff. That's right. Now listen, I have somewhere that I want to take you. Would you guys like to go somewhere special? Okay, I want to take you somewhere special. But, you know, God said that we're supposed to help each other in the church. So I need everybody to stand up. Okay, everybody stand up. And I need you to find a special friend and hold their hand because we need to help take care of each other. I think especially Abel could use a buddy. Maybe an older buddy. Okay, Baja, you're going to do it. All right. Grab your friend by the hand. Now listen, we're going to go on a very short journey, and I promise you I'm going to take you somewhere, and it's going to have an amazing reward. But listen, you have to do exactly what I say. You have to follow the path that I lead you on. You can't go to the right or to the left because the place we're going is wrought with danger. All right? Can you guys agree to do that? Yeah. All right, so you need to follow me. Don't get in front of me. You can't get in front or too far behind. You just got to walk right along with me, okay? All right, let's go. Just follow me. Here we go. Just follow me. You guys coming? Perfect. All right, we got to stay to the right. Don't go to the right or the left. Just there we go, right here. We don't want to go over here. You might fall. All right, so right over here, there's some fire. So don't go over there, okay? I'm just going to guide you. Just keep following me. That's good. Make sure your buddy doesn't hit their head on anything. Are you guys following me? You good? Okay. All right. You ready? So we're going to go this way. So there's a door here. And, you know, you really, you can't go through this door without me because I'm the shepherd. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to help you walk. But just stay right on the path. No one go up on this step, okay? Because there's a fire over there. You can't go over here because you'll fall down in the piano pit. No there, all right? All right, all right. Keep following me. Right down these stairs. Everybody come right down here. Right over here. Just line up right here. Now, what do you guys see in here? There's a big jar of candy. Come on in. Everybody come down the stairs. Just gather around. You guys did a great job. Come on down. Come on down the stairs. Everyone file in. Perfect. Make sure your buddy doesn't fall. All right. You guys did a great job following me and letting me be your shepherd. Jesus said that he's the good shepherd. He said he's the one that will lead you to a relationship with God. He's gone before us to prepare a place for us in heaven. And one day, he's going to take us there to be with him. And he's going to give us a great reward in heaven. And it's going to be amazing. So to remind you guys of that promise from Jesus, everybody is going to get 
two pieces of candy. You need to ask your parents if you can eat that and when you can eat it, okay? I'm going to open the door, and Miss Darlene's going to hand out the candy, and you guys can go back and sit with your parents. The word of the day today is sheep, all right? All right, church, your kids are going to be making their way back in just a few minutes to their seats. Hopefully they'll make it there. I want to invite you to take out a copy of God's Word with me today and open it up to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, as we talk about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. John chapter 10, Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Now, Jesus is going to build this whole sermon on an illustration around herding sheep in Palestine back when he walked on this earth. And so I have a graphic I want you guys to see. If you guys, if our guys upstairs could put that up on the screen. There it is. Okay, this is a graphic, an illustration of a sheep pen. So you see there's a wall and then there's a gate in the middle. Uh, All the sheep would usually spend the night inside of that sheep pen And then there would be a door that all the sheep would walk in and out of. And generally in the night, the shepherd would lay right in the opening, right there in that sheep pen. And so just keep that in your mind. Keep that sort of on the front of your mind as we talk about this. There's three important things that you need to know about the relationship between the shepherd and and his sheep that Jesus is going to use as an illustration today. First, the sheep know and respond to the shepherd's voice. Now, back in this time, there would have been many, many shepherds and and all kinds of flocks of sheep. And it's very interesting, if you've ever seen a shepherd work, a shepherd doesn't drive his sheep with a whip by yelling at them. He doesn't get on a horse and push them uh, during Jesus' day. A shepherd would have walked among his sheep. And a shepherd would have had probably a tune that he could whistle or sing. The sheep would have known his voice. They would have known the tune that he would whistle or sing to them. And they would follow him. At the same time, if they were approached by an unknown shepherd or another person, they would oftentimes run from that person because they didn't know the sound of his voice. The shepherd also calls his sheep by name. A shepherd knows every one of his sheep. A shepherd knows what they look like. And many times the shepherd would name his sheep, and they would respond to that name. Finally, a shepherd leads his sheep. A shepherd isn't too far in front of his sheep, as you saw when I walked with the children. He's not too far behind his sheep, driving them, poking them necessarily. A shepherd walks amongst his sheep. A shepherd smells like his sheep. A shepherd belongs with his flock of sheep. Jesus, in John chapter 10, is going to make two statements as we talk about the I am's of Jesus over this Christmas season. We're going to do two today. Both of them have to do with Jesus being a shepherd. The first thing that Jesus says in John chapter 10, in verses 7 through 10, is that he is the door of the sheep. 
And so you saw in that illustration, there was the wall that went around the sheep pen. All the sheep were inside of the pen, and then there was an opening, and that shepherd lay at that opening to protect the sheep, to keep them in the pen, and to keep predators and other people, especially thieves, out of the pen. And so Jesus first says that he is the door of the sheep, or the sheep gate. Look at John 10, verse 7. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Now, in this part of the text where Jesus says that I am the door of the sheep or the sheep gate, he's going to say four things that have very important implications on our lives and our walk with God. The first implication found here in verses 7 and 8 is that Jesus is the only pathway to salvation. Jesus describes the door of the sheep. The door of the sheep is the only opening in the sheepfold. It's the only place where the sheep can go in and out. The sheep inside of the sheepfold, inside of the pen, are those that follow and believe in Jesus. They're the ones that have a relationship with God. They're God's people. The sheep outside or everyone else outside of the sheep pen are those who do not have a relationship with God. They're not a part of his flock. Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. He's the only one authorized by God to mediate salvation for all people. He is the door of the sheep. During Jesus' time, which was not much different than our time, many people came claiming to be the Savior from God. There were many false saviors. Not much has changed. Still, to this day, many people, many ideologies, many beliefs uh, circulate around in pop culture claiming to be the next Savior for humanity. Whether it be the latest fad pop culture idea, whether it's the latest cult leader like Jim Jones or L. Ron Hubbard, there are many illegitimate saviors. Jesus is the only one who's been given authority by God to offer salvation. He is the one who mediates the sheep's entrance into God's fold, into the family of God. He continues in verse 9 and he says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus will care for us and bring peace into our lives. That's the second spiritual implication that Jesus offers today. He is the guardian who provides salvation and sustenance to every sheep who passes into the sheepfold. Sheep are not able to care for themselves, as we saw with the children who were walking with me up here today, clasping each other's hands, trying not to fall down the stairs, trying not to knock over the candles. Jesus is the one who offers our salvation and cares for us. But the question is, what kind of salvation does Jesus offer? Salvation from what? Well, it's salvation from God's wrath for our sins. Salvation from an eternity in hell. Salvation from purposelessness and hopelessness. 
Salvation from our own determination to wander from God's calling upon our lives and to live how we want to live as opposed to the way that God designed us to live. Jesus offers us the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus offers us a way to peace and joy and hope. That's what he does. He also provides for us. Jesus said, when you leave the sheepfold, I take you out into the pasture. I keep you safe. Which means Jesus provides us hope in the midst of the chaos. Joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. Hope for tomorrow when today isn't going so well. He provides unconditional love for the hated and a home for the homeless and a family for the orphan. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Jesus also, as the shepherd, as the sheep gate, offers us a warning in John 10.10. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Our third implication here is Jesus gives us a warning that the enemy Satan and all those who claim and lead toward a false gospel are dangerous. In Jesus' sheep illustration, the, the thief is the person who comes to attempt to steal the sheep. The thief doesn't come and enter through the sheep door where the shepherd is lying. The thief comes and tries to climb over the wall. He tries to enter the fold through illegitimate processes. When Jesus is the only one who has authority and access to the sheep. Jesus is the one and the true shepherd. The only one who offers legitimate life everlasting in heaven. Now during Jesus' time, many false messiahs had been claiming to be sent from God. They had nefarious purposes. They sought to steal the people's money or lead them away from God's legitimate word and his Messiah. The Israelites were constantly being lured away through pagan religious systems. If you ever read the Old Testament, you know this to be true. All of these types of peoples and religions were like the thief in the story because they sought to lead Israel away from the one true Messiah, the one true shepherd, Jesus. And that happens today. There are other false shepherds. There are other false belief systems. And Jesus tells us they are like the thief in his illustration who comes to steal the sheep and take them away from God's proper path for their lives. The thief who comes will only bring destruction into your life. Jesus is the one that came to bring true life and abundant life. Verse 10, in verse 10, Jesus continued and he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The enemy Satan and this evil world system along with the multitude of false ideologies, unbiblical beliefs, and false messiahs come to steal, kill, and destroy what God designed for you to do with your life. But Jesus came to bring true life. 
He came to bring true life in two ways. First and foremost, and most importantly, He came to provide eternal life for you in heaven. He's the only one that could lead you on the pathway to salvation. He's both the one who guards the gate, inviting lost sheep into God's fold, and the other one, the other one who provides the pathway to heaven. He's the one that shows us the right way to walk, the right way to live, the right way to fulfill God's calling upon our lives. So he both gives us life in eternity with God, and also abundant life here on this earth. Jesus came to provide exceptional, extraordinary, exciting life. So Jesus came and functions as the door of the sheep gate, the door of the fold. Or the sheep gate. Jesus came as the one who mediates our salvation. Second, John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, Jesus proclaims himself as the good shepherd. Look at verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A legitimate shepherd is not to be confused with the false shepherd and the thieves of Jesus' day. While Jesus is the only legitimate shepherd for God's people, he is the good shepherd because he laid down his life for the sheep. Remember what Jesus did for us. In a few days, we're going to celebrate Christmas. We're going to remember that God became flesh and dwelt among us, that he became a man. Remember when we think about Jesus lying in that manger why he came, why he was born. Jesus came to die. Jesus came to be the shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep so that we could have eternal life with God. Isaiah 53, 6 says that all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus deserved no penalty for sin, and yet he gave his life on the cross, received God's wrath for your sin and mine. The good shepherd laid down his life. In opposition to that, opposed to that, in verse 12, he says, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and not concerned about the sheep. So Jesus now turns back to his shepherding illustration. Jesus is the good shepherd, the legitimate shepherd. Because he's willing to lay down his life for the sheep, God's people. The illegitimate shepherd, the one that's hired to watch a flock, would never give his life for a flock of sheep, would he? Because he doesn't love the sheep. They're not his sheep. He's paid to watch them. So really, he loves and receives a paycheck for watching sheep. The legitimate shepherd, the one who owns the sheep, is prepared to lay down his life when the wolf comes to attack and scatter or kill them. 
He continues in verse 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus knows the sheep. Maybe you just need to hear that today. You know that, believer, let me just talk to you, Christian person, Christian man, Christian woman, Christian child. Do you know that your shepherd Jesus knows you? He knows your name. He knows everything about you. And he loves you. That good shepherd laid down his life for you. He knows you and God knows him. And because of what Jesus did for us on the cross as our mediator and offer of salvation, God knows you and you know God. You know all three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in an intimate, life-changing way because of the good shepherd who led you to salvation. The last question I would have, I just have a couple more minutes and I'll be finished, is who are God's sheep? Who are the sheep that Jesus mentions in this text? Look at verse 16. Jesus says, I have other sheep which are not of this field, of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. So we've got to kind of understand what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is addressing Jewish people gathered around him, using a common illustration about a shepherd and his sheep. They would know that Jesus is talking about himself as the shepherd, and, and they would know that the flock are God's people, and the shepherd's job is to protect them and to lead them where they need to go. And then all of a sudden here in verse 16, Jesus says something completely and, and totally radical, something that the church, the New Testament church, didn't even understand until about halfway through the book of Acts. Ready? Jesus says, you know, there's other sheep that are part of God's plan. They're not in this sheep pen. They're in another sheep pen, in another place. And I've come for them as well. Now, if you're not Jewish today, if you're not a Jew, that's really good news for you. Because if you're not Jew, you're a Gentile, and guess what? You're the other sheep that Jesus came to die for. I'm so thankful that the good shepherd didn't just come for God's original people, the Jews, but that he came for all people and provided salvation for us, an opportunity to have a relationship with God and to be saved. You know, Jesus will succeed in reaching the people in the other sheepfolds. Did you know that? Sometimes we wonder, will, will Jesus succeed in reaching all the people that he's called to reach. Well, the answer for that is found in Revelation chapter 7. The Apostle John has a vision. God opens a curtain for him to look into heaven and to see the throne room of God, to see who's there, who's worshiping him. You want to see it? You want to hear about it? Revelation 7, 9 and 10. And after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count. This is the, the final sheepfold. These are all the sheep. Listen. From every nation, 
and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands and they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. People gathered from every tribe, every tongue, every nation saved by the Good Shepherd. Jesus. Finally, he says in verses 17 and 18, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again, the commandment I received from my Father. Jesus provides a peek for his disciples into what he is about to do. The good shepherd is about to walk the lonely walk to the hill of Calvary. He's about to lay down his life for the sheep. It's important for us to recognize that every element of Jesus' crucifixion is under the sovereign control of God the Father in complete willingness by Jesus the Son. It was both God's will that Jesus would die and Jesus freely offered his life to die for our sins. He is the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. So in just a minute, we're going to move into our time of invitation. Jesus is the sheep gate. He's the only one qualified to mediate our salvation. The only one qualified to usher us into God's flock and offer legitimate, everlasting life in heaven. He's also the good shepherd. He's the one who will lead us through this life and into eternity. How do I know that? How do I know that that's true? Because he gave his life for me on the cross. The one who knew no sin became sin for you and for me. Demonstrating his love for you. And finally demonstrating his power over death and sin when he resurrected on the third day. That is the gospel message and that's what our good shepherd came to do.